You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as at the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello, Heat Nation and NBA fans. You are listening to episode two of Heating Up the UK a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. My name is Dan Healy. I am your host. If you listened to episode one, which we did a couple of weeks ago, thank you very, very much. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, it exceeded the plays that I thought it was going to by a long way. So uh, thanks for everyone that listened to that. If you didn't listen and you still want to, we're available now across all the podcast platforms. So you can see us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the major boys. So uh, if you didn't listen to it, um, it was basically around just chatting about the uh, possible trade scenarios that may uh, come to fruition with Bradley Bill. Um, so we looked at some of that, and we talked about the Jimmy trade and some other things. So yeah, it was a good episode. If you um, if you want to uh, have a listen, it's still available. And if you did listen, as I said, thank you very much. Much appreciated. So today, episode two, I want to talk about the first major thing that's happened since really the end of season. Um, it's been seems like forever ago since Miami last played. In fact, I saw a tweet the other day. It's actually been just over four months now. Can you believe that since we last played a game of basketball? Since that D-Wade farewell game in Brooklyn. It's been over four months. Incredible. But something happened last night. At last, we had the drop of the NBA schedules. So I want to talk about that. I want to see where we're going, what we're doing. And um, a couple of quick takes on um, how that's going to play out. I then want to give uh, a segment to... Um, my top five things that I think it's to we could get excited about as a Miami Heat fan going into next season. I'm not going to include Butler because that's obviously everybody's number one. Um, you know that, that's the best thing that's happened to Miami in a long time. So uh, Butler aside, I want to talk about uh, the top five things that we can get excited about for next season, and then uh, we'll finish just on. Um, I want to give you my take on the Bam Adebayo cut from Team USA's World Cup squad. Uh, so we'll have a quick chat about that and then we'll just finish with the usual mailbag questions. We'll look to end every episode with a mailbag. So um, we'll finish with that. So let's talk about schedules. Okay, so the NBA schedules for 2019-2020 were released and the Miami Heat will be starting at home. And can you believe it? We're not playing Orlando Magic for the first time in what seems like forever to open the season. We're actually at home uh, against a team from the Western Conference in Memphis Grizzlies. So um, a pretty kind start. You know, that's a good... Uh, you know. I'd, You'd probably say that Grizzlies are one of the favourites to finish bottom of uh, of the West next year. So that's a pretty kind start for us at home. Um, I fully expect us to get off to a winning start there. Um, we then, uh, straight after that, we're over to Milwaukee away. So tough game there with uh, Milwaukee being one of the favourites, if not the favourite, to win uh, the Eastern Conference this season. So uh, first road game is against uh, the Bucks. Then we're out West first time. And it's a familiar foe for Jimmy. We're up against the Timberwolves. So that'll be interesting. First time Jimmy goes back there. 
uh, in a Miami Heat uniform. That would be interesting. So, uh, yeah, then we come back home and we're back-to-back against the Hawks home and away. So uh, Atlanta Hawks home, Atlanta Hawks away, and then we uh, finish the month off against Houston uh, again at home. Actually, I think that actually just creeps into November. But there's our first six games, guys. So Grizzlies, Bucks, Timberwolves, Hawks, Hawks again, and then the Rockets. Um, I think that's relatively kind. A couple of difficult games in there. I think um, we should be looking at a four and two start there. I would say um, I wouldn't be grumbling if we uh, go through the first six games there as point five hundred. You know that's to be. I think that would be fair. Um, wouldn't be a bad start. But I think anything less than that, and you're looking at a bad start to the season. Um, Grizzlies, I think that's a banker. Bucks obviously away. That's uh, that's going to be tough. Um, although we played quite well against the Bucks last year, we seem to be a decent matchup for them. So who knows with that? But you know, let's say that could be a, that could be a, a defeat. I then think we should take Timberwolves. Um, I would like to think we would then take both games against Atlanta Hawks. Although I am actually quite excited to watch Atlanta this year. I think they got a really intriguing team. Um, so quite exciting to to watch them and good to come up against them early. Um, so we're there home and then straight away playing them again away. Um, I think you'd probably say it's fair to expect maybe a, a, a split there, but if we can pick up two, that'd be great. And then we finish off the fir- first six games with uh, a home game against the Rockets. Again, you know, you you would probably say that's a defeat, but who knows? So I think that, you know, four and two is what we should be aiming for. Um, three and three, I would say, is acceptable. Anything less than that's bad. Anything better than that's great. But um, yeah, that's I think that's a relatively kind start. Um, what else? Let's have a look. What's some big um, things to come out of it? We've got a early-ish game um, away to the Philadelphia Sixers. That's on the 24th of November, so not too far into the season. And Jimmy goes back to uh, to Philadelphia for the first time. So that'll be interesting. I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the reaction there won't be the best. I'm sure he'll get a bit of stick, um, but who cares? Um, we'll be seeing Jay Richard play against us for the first time after saying that he wanted to kill the Heat. Um, not really sure what that was about, but uh, I suppose he's got to say these things. So be good to see uh, Jay Rich back. Um, so that'd be good. First game that Hassan comes back to um, Miami is in the new year uh, with Portland. That's on the 5th of January that he comes back. So he'll be pay- playing up against Bam for the first time, assuming there's no injuries, obviously. Um, so that's uh, early early in the new year. 13 back-to-backs this year for Miami, which is the fewest, I believe, uh, that there ever has been. I think the NBA are trying to purposely now try and get rid of as many back-to-backs as they can. So 13 back-to-backs throughout the season. Our longest road trip comes between February 5th and February 12th next year. That'll be a five-game road trip. I think that's um, Clippers... Uh, Kings, Trailblazers, Warriors, Jazz. So all out west, obviously, as you would expect. So long road trip there. And then our longest homestand comes sort of middle of January. Uh, that's, again, another five-game homestand. And that will be Kings, Wizards, Clippers, uh, Magic and Celtics uh, will all be coming through that homestand. So, um, and then we end the season uh, with a four out of five home games. Uh, to end the season, which I think is really, really useful. I would like to think that coming into those last five games, 
we have pretty much secured a playoff berth by then. But if we haven't, those last home games, uh, from memory, I think we've got um, Pistons, Celtics, uh, Raptors last, I know that. Um, so they're in, in amongst that. I think Charlotte might be the away game. Um, so, yeah, some good, uh, some good fixtures, relatively tough, but um, hopefully we've done the job by then and we can, um, we can start concentrating on the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the schedule released. Um, immediately, as soon as anything like that gets released, I'm straight on to, uh, to Google looking at flights. Um, I'd love to try and get over at least once, maybe twice, but I've made it my ambition to get over to Miami uh, definitely once this coming season. And I'm actually looking at that for aforementioned um, homestand towards the end of the season, just before the regular season finishes. Uh, it'd be great to get over there, get a couple of heat games in. I'm also a pretty good, pretty big Marlins fan, so I've already worked out that I could manage to get four nights over in Miami, uh, two heat games, two Marlins games, all back-to-back, four days of sport. That'll do me lovely. So, uh, yeah, that's looking good. But, yeah, that's the schedule. It's dropped. We can now start getting excited. It feels like the first thing that's happened in what seems like forever. And, uh, yeah, we open on October 23rd against the Memphis Grizzlies. So I think that's pretty cool. So that's that. Let's uh, have a chat now about the top five things to be excited about as a Miami Heat fan. Let's dive into that. One last thing I forgot to mention about the schedule uh, was that we're only actually playing nationally on TV six times, which some people are a little bit annoyed about. Um, I'm not really sure why, because, um, you know, the less games that we're on nationally, the more Eric Reed we get. So, uh, and what better way to watch a game than with Eric Reed and co. So, so don't worry about it. But I, I mean, I was a little bit surprised that we're only on six times um, on national TV, mainly because... You know, we took a big step this year in getting Jimmy. It's the first step for a long time of us coming back to maybe a little bit more relevancy, especially with the Eastern Conference being probably weaker than it was last year, and it wasn't uh, even that great last year. But, you know, when you look at the teams in the East, how many of them really can genuinely say they've got better? Um, I mean, Nets obviously have, and they're on, I think, about 12 times um, on national TV this year. Um, which is a little bit surprising considering as though their best player won't play next year. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, I suppose they're, in, they're an intriguing team, so that's why they've got a bit more coverage. But apart from that, as I said, you know the Bucks they've lost players, but they've got players, so they've sort of middled out. Same maybe could be said for the Sixers. Um, I don't really see many other teams that you could say have genuinely got better. So it is a little bit surprising that the Heat are only on six times but it's not something that bothers me um so don't let it bother you um as i said the more eric reed that we can listen to the legend that is that team then um then happy days for us all right so i just wanted to finish that segment so i i wanted to do a top five reasons to be excited going into the new season uh, i fully expect this roster to be the roster that we go in with now um, I don't see anything else happening. There was plenty of rumours about Bradley Bill and so on. I still think we'll be in the running for that, but I certainly don't think it'll be any time soon. I don't see it being... Maybe, 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 maybe there'll be an outside chance that we could do something around trade deadline. 
But no, I don't see that conversation starting out till maybe this time next year. So this will be the roster, I think. So we've got Jimmy. That's brilliant. All-star caliber player. Something really to be excited about. Um, the sort of player we were screaming out for. Competitive player. Point scorer. Alpha. You know, all the things that we need, uh, we've got. So that's obviously our number one thing. Uh, that we're, we're all going to be excited about as Heat fans. So I'm not going to include that because it's the obvious one. So putting Jimmy to one side, I've want to I've come up with a top five things to be excited about on the current roster. So let's start with number five, Goran Dragic. He's still on our team, guys. He's still on the roster. He's our former All Star, and I'm really really happy about this. You know, there was a there was everyone said that if a player was going to be going whether it be for Jimmy or Bill or whatever it was going to be, mainly obviously with the Jimmy trade, that Goran was going to be um, the one that was going to have to make way. The obvious choice, you know, 19-odd million he's going to be earning next year. He's on an expiring deal now. Um, so he was the obvious one to go out. And it looked like it was almost done, you know, with that. It was very well muted that it was um, Goran going out to Dallas in a three-team trade that would see... Um, Jimmy come to us and uh, Josh obviously go to Sixers as well. Um, that almost looks set to happen. You know, Goran was going to go there, be with his fe fellow Patriot in Luca in Dallas. And um, uh, sort of at the very last 11th hour, um, the goalposts moved slightly with uh, Dall Dallas saying that they wanted the uh, Derek Jones Jr. included. And, um, and we pulled the plug on it. And for a little bit, you know, that was sort of the deal was in limbo uh, until obviously the, the four-team trade and the rest is history. But... What is left now is we've got Jimmy and we've got Goran. And, you know, as I said, he's a former All-Star. Uh, last year was in injury ravaged for him. When he came back, he was a bench role player. You know, uh, Winslow had taken his place after really impressing well at point guard and kept his place, rightfully so. And Goran took it on the chin. He came off the bench. He was effective from the bench. He didn't moan. He didn't grumble when he got on with it. Um, I expect that to be his role again next year. I expect him to be the sixth man. Uh, uh, Dwayne Wade's gone now, as we all know. He was the sixth man. I expect Goran to pick that row up. Whether or not he's happy about that, I don't know. And I do expect him to start some games. But, um, you know, what, what a player to have coming from the bench. He's perfect for that role, in my opinion. He's good, good energy. He's very direct. He's very energetic. We all know the things that he can do. And even from what he did last year um, in that injury-ravaged season... He still averaged nearly 14 points a game, mainly coming from the bench. The year that he gained all-star status in 2018, he was averaging 17.3 points a game. The year before that, he was 20.3 points a game. You know, this is a good player. This is a great asset to have. Goran's no trouble. He plays well. He plays hard. He works hard. He loves Miami. He doesn't grumble. He's just everything you want in a teammate. And I think coming from the bench... I think he's going to be brilliant for us next year. And I'm delighted that we've got him to add to, you know, Jimmy, Justice and all the others, Derek Jones, etc. I think that we, we've done really well to keep him on the team. So number five, Goran is still a heatle. Is Derek Jones Jr. Airplane mode, DJJ. What a player he was! He's turning in for us. I mean, everything was up last year from the year before, as it was expected, because he got a hell of a lot more minutes. I think he played around sixty games uh, for us last year, uh, which is a great output. So all his points, 
free throw attempts, you know, three point shooting average, all of this was up because obviously he appeared in such little time the season before. But we've got a, in my opinion, we've got an an absolute beast of an athlete on our hands with DJJ. It goes to show um, what the organisation think of him when you think of what we just did, as I just said, with the Goran Dragic potential trade to Dallas. And at the last minute, they said, we want DJJ thrown in as well. And we pulled the plug on it. Now, I'm not saying that was ever going to jeopardise the Jimmy trade, but, you know, that still took some nuts, really, to sort of say, no, we're not having that. We're not letting you have him. And we'll now look at a plan B and work out whatever that plan B would would be. Uh, You know, I always had uh, faith in Pat that he would make it happen, whatever happens. And he did. But, you know, a lot of... Uh, GMs there might have just said okay we need this to go through and there you go he's yours but it goes to show you that what the importance of this guy shows us and you know a lot of people like Derek Jones starting uh, and he does start some games and I quite enjoy watching him start but I love his energy off the bench I think he's he's so explosive so to come in as a 7th or 8th man I think he's perfect for him at the moment he will grow into a starter and don't get me wrong he is going to start games but I think that at the moment, that is an incredible asset to have on your bench. He's an absolute freak, as we know, athletically. Um, He's got a a spot-on mentality. He's already said that he wants to be one of the best defenders in the league, and he's not going to stop, and he's going to work hard until he achieves that. You know, that may or may not come to fruition, but what an attitude to have. Uh, You know, that's brilliant. And you look at someone on the reigning NBA champions at the moment in the Toronto Raptors, well... What one of their players reminds you of Derek Jones Jr.? You know, Pascal Siakam, who's been incredible in the last year, has burst out of nowhere onto the scene, just took the league by storm, most improved player, is going to continue to get to next levels. You know, that's, and he's the same sort of player. He's athletic. He's got the same sort of build. You know, Derek Jones should be looking at that and going, I'm next. That's what I want to get. That's what I'm going to achieve. And imagine if he does. Imagine if this season he takes another leap like he did for this season just gone. Well, the sky's the limit, I think. I mean, I'm not getting carried away, but I think that he could be anything he wants to be. He's so unique. He's got to get better at a few things, and I believe he will. But, yeah, what a, what a player to be excited about. I can't wait to see the next step for Derek Jones Jr. So you're in at my number four. In at number three is a newly reformed, fully fit, fully ready to go Dion Waiters. Philly cheese. He's back. He's been working out every day. He's ready to go this season. It's been really frustrating for him. And there's some things that I really like about Dion and some things that really annoy me about him. But what I've loved seeing is his determination now this year. He knows that this is probably his last chance to be a big player in a big franchise because I don't know maybe where he goes after this if it doesn't work out but Dion's only played 120 games for the Heat he's had three seasons really now where he's he's struggled with injuries obviously the last one was a massive injury um, and it's taken him a long time to get back Uh, I think last season when he did come back it took him a while to get into his stride when he does get into his stride, he's always got that game where he's capable of going off. 
he can hit 30 odd points once he gets into that groove, no problem. I think that he should be a starter next year at shooting guard. I know a lot of people have been really impressed by Tyler Harrow, me included. Um, and there's a lot of people that want to elevate him straight into the start. I don't think we should do that. I think we should be starting Tyler on the bench. Uh, depending on how Dion gets in, it would gets on, sorry, it wouldn't surprise me if Tyler then finishes the season. In fact, I actually think that's probably the way it will go. But what we can't do is just get too excited about a player that's performed really well in Summer League and then elevate him straight into the NBA where obviously everything's a million times faster and everyone's twice the size and the rest of it. So I like Tyler from the bench at the moment and I really like the idea of Dion coming back in with a point to prove to a lot of haters out there, including from some of the Heat fan base, to come and give it and show what he can do. Because he's he's more than capable. I mentioned this in episode one that I did a couple of weeks ago, um, that he is capable of hitting mid to high teens for this team. If he's starting games, if he's putting in regular 30-odd, 32 minutes, something like that every game, um, he can hit anything between 15 and 20 points every game. He's got that ability. So he's going to be more determined than ever, and he needs to be because this really is his last chance. I hope he succeeds because, once again, if we can add Dion, a fully firing Dion, to a roster with Jimmy Butler, Justice Winslow, Tyler Harrow, Derek Jones Jr., um, Bam, you know, these players, Kelly, this is this is a team that's capable to go quite far, I think. So it all depends on what they can do. We've seen what he can do, and I hope he can repeat it because it probably is his last chance now. So I'm excited to see Dion Waiters starting for the Heat on day one and balling. So good luck, Dion. You're in my number three. Okay, number two in the top five reasons to be excited as a Heat fan next season is Justice Winslow as point guard, starting point guard, hopefully, for the season. Now, we see a lot of this last year because uh, of Goran's injury, and he excelled. He took it completely in his stride, um, and it showed. You know, he had a mini breakout year. Everything was up statistically last year. His three-point percentage, his points per game, his field goal attempts, everything was up last year. And so it should be because he was getting more minutes and he was handling more of the ball. But I think he's going to really embrace not necessarily taking the torch from Dwayne Wade because I think Jimmy's done that now and he is our alpha now. He's obviously our star. But Justice has got a big season ahead of him because everyone says about who we're going to partner Jimmy with and will there be a second star? And I believe there will be a second star eventually. Not right now, but there will be. There's no way Pat's leaving it at Jimmy. He's going to get somebody else, i.e. a Bradley Bill, etc. But Winslow now has got a big year, or at least till trade deadline where maybe something could happen, where he could cement that second star. And if not, he could then at least make it our third star. It's what it should be. It's what you should be aiming for because... Everyone, in terms of the ceiling that uh, this roster has got, I would probably say Winslow's is the highest. And I don't think that's anything unambitious or um, unrealistic. I think a lot of Heat Nation would agree with me. He should be the one now that takes over from Dwayne's role. He should be aiming to become the next face of this franchise. 
the next leader because he's got the age, he's got the ceiling, he's got the ability to do so. So I think if he's going to start the season in point guard, and I know that Riley has said that he anticipates Goran still to beat that, I think that's a load of shit, to be honest. I think that fully expects it to be uh, Winslow. And he's got to just carry on where he left off. I think that the little mini breakout season he had, if he can do that again, he can be... He can be challenging for all-star status. It's all down to him. He's got the ability. He's shown that he's got the confidence now to start taking those frees. And he's making those frees. He can make things happen. He's a good defender. He's He's got everything in his locker. He's just got to get a bit better at all of it. And if he can, well, he's got a hell of a player. You know, he's been. he's got another couple of years left on his contract. That can be a big payday for him if he carries on. So, point... Justice is going to ball this season and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it gets on because that should be his aim now. Make myself the next big thing. Make myself the face of this franchise over the next few years. Take the torch. Good luck, Justice. I'm rooting for you. You're in at number two. So number one. In the top five things to be excited about as a Miami Heat fan. It will probably come as no surprise, especially for me, who's a big fan. But it's Bam. Bam Adebayo. You are the most exciting thing for us to be rooting for next year, in my opinion. Um, I'm actually going to address two things in one segment here. Because I also want to talk about um, him being cut from Team USA. Uh, So it seems a little bit pointless in me finishing with Bam on this segment and then going straight into Bam on the next. So I just want to address that situation as well. Now, this is Bam's time to shine in a Heat uniform. Uh, He started the season second fiddle to Hassan Whiteside. And again, that's in my opinion, that was the right call. Um, I think that the organisation wanted to start with Bam, but... Hassan's on a was on a massive contract before, obviously he went uh, in the summer. Um, they felt they had to sort of play the contract before the player. I got that sort of opinion, but I actually think it was the right call anyway because right now, as of this very moment, and especially at the beginning of last season, Hassan Whiteside on top of his game, or Bam Adebayo on top of his game, Hassan's still the better player right now. I would say. That will change. That will change as quick as, in my opinion, next season. But Hassan's got a, a double-double machine. You know, the, the problem with Hassan is he's an elite uh, rebounder. He's a good scorer. Um, he's excellent around the rim. He's got a ridiculous reach. Those are all the great things for him. And he scores and he, his points are good. Or his, his um, box score is always very good. The problem with Hassan, as we all know, is he can't be asked a lot of the time. And he goes missing too much. And he goes on a sulk and then he gets silly fouls and then before you know it, he's out of the game. Now, Bam is a completely different big. He's not as effective around the rim as Whiteside, in my opinion. Um, But he can dribble, he can bring the ball out, he's quick, he's mobile, he can defend really well already. He can shoot a three. He's just got to improve a little bit around the rim. His, His rebounding is okay. He misses too much around the room. It actually becomes it's starting to become a bit of a thing, really, where he's getting pretty much on top of the rim and then not still not putting the points away. And that's why his box score never really impresses too much. So that's the things he's got to work on. 
But everything else in his game is you can see what he's going to become. You know, he's already very good at what he does. And now that Hassan's moved on, Bam now sits in the centre spot. It's his starting berth and it's his chance to shine. And I think playing it, him playing 36-odd minutes a night now, is we're only going to see him continue to get better and better. His attitude is spot on. Since the minute the season finished last year, he started training with Giannis. He obviously then got the call-up to uh, Team USA. Um, and even though now he's been cut, um, despite him actually really impressing by all accounts, um, he's now straight back on into the gym. He's working out. That's the, uh, He's not letting it get him down. He's ready to come. He's ready to fight. Now, for, for Miami, that is music to everyone's ears. He's going to become a big, big part of this franchise. And even though now he's been cut from Team USA, there's a lot of people in the media now saying, you know, is Adebayo overhyped, especially for from Miami fans. Well, first of all, of course Miami fans are going to overhype him. He's our, he's our guy, you know, and he's, he's a big part of our young core. So, yeah, perhaps we are a little bit guilty of that, but come on. I mean, we, we can see what he's going to do. It's no, uh, you know, wonder why on every trade scenario that we have been involved in with Butler, with um, Chris Paul, with Westbrook, everyone has said we want Bam included. And it's been the only player that Pat has said is off the, ta- off the table. So that speaks volumes, doesn't it? So we, we've got a great piece there. Um, he will continue to improve. People are saying that will he, will he ever make an all-star? In my opinion, there's, there's no doubt he's going to be a, a future all-star. It's not going to happen this season. He's got too far to go, but he's going to be an all-star. Don't, you know, there's no doubt about it. He'll be a candidate for most improved player this year. He's going to show us, he's going to show the league what he's made of. And the fact that he's been cut from Team USA, I find a bit baffling. But, you know, people that, that's what led the, the calls of Izzy overhyped. Well, hang on, he, he probably shouldn't have even been called up in the first place. I mean, I know, you know, the world and his aunts pulled out of Team America. Um, but this was a guy that was second fiddle all season, apart from the very end when Whiteside went on paternity leave. That's when he got his chance. And once he got his chance, he stayed there because he impressed so much. But this was a guy that was nowhere near, well, not say nowhere near, but he wasn't, he wasn't considered the starter for the Heat. So he shouldn't have even been really called up to Team USA. And, OK, now he's been cut. That apparently is no sl- uh, sly on him. He said that, you know, he's worked hard in scrimmage and he's done well and he's impressed. They just decided to go another way. And, you know, who's going who's gonna to knock or tell uh, Popovich that he's doing something wrong? You know, we're not. So, you know, I'm not disappointed by it. I feel a bit bad for him because it would have been cool for, to see him out there. But... It means he's fresh for Miami and he's already back and he's he's hitting the gym hard and he'll be ready to go. So 100% this season, I can't wait more than anything else. Out of all the little nuggets I've just given you there, I can't wait to see Bam Adebayo play a full season as starting centre for the Miami Heat. He's going to ball. So well done, Bam. You're number one reason to be excited next year as a Miami Heat fan. So we always end
Um, and I've had a couple of responses, so I'll just fly through them now. One is a heat-related question, the other one is a, a NBA-related question, which is nice. So the first question, which was the heat-related one, came from at Devaldo1, and his question was, will Kendrick Nunn make the final Heat roster? Um, and I believe he will. Um, for all the hype and talk that Tyler Hero got in uh, Summer League, uh, Kendrick Nunn was actually our best player. His performances were fantastic. I think he averaged about 18 points or so. It might even be more than that, points a game. Um, and he made the uh, the Summer League squad, so um, like all-star squad. So, yeah, he should be part of that team. I think if you go through the roster, um, if you look at the obvious, you know, you've got Bam, Butler, Goran. Uh, we've got UD, obviously, that's now re-signed and fantastic. Really pleased about that. Year 17, he's not going to see many minutes, but... You know, people were getting a little bit upset that they released um, Yonsei Maiton for um, UD spot. You know, what what his experience is invaluable. So forever that he wants a space, he's got it. He's our captain, and even though he's not going to play a lot, he's on there. Um, but sorry, I um, I deviated there a little bit. So yeah, UD, Tyler Harrow, obviously, James Johnson, Derek Jones Jr., Maz Leonard, um, Kelly, uh, Dion. Justice Winslow, and then I think out of the youngsters, we'll see Duncan Robertson come back, Casey Ogpala, and that will leave the last spot. I believe that's the last spot for Kendrick Nunn. So, um, yeah, he, I'm looking forward to seeing little snippets of him because, uh, yeah, he really impressed in Summer League. Um, so I hope he's there. So, yes, to answer your question, I think he will be in the Heat's final squad. Okay, an NBA-related question now, and um, I actually got a series of questions in response to uh, to my Twitter question asking for mailbags. Um, the the came from Chris Howard uh, at CJ Howard eighty eight. Uh, Chris is actually a relative of mine. Um, really knows his NBA. Um, so what we're gonna do is sent me a load of questions, and I'm just gonna answer one for now because obviously I'm mindful of. Um, podcast dragging on but we've already agreed that um both me him and uh, another relative of mine who again is a big nba fan we're going to get together before the season starts we're going to record a good good pod and we're going to answer loads of the these sort of questions and we'll also do some season previews and so on so that pod will come but um he asked me loads i'll just answer the very first one that he asked me um for today so his question to me was um as they've lost their leading scorer and their two best defenders, what, ste- what, seats, what seed can Steph lead the Warriors to in a brutal Western Conference? Um, so, it all really depends on if Steph can stay fit. Because if he doesn't, then they're in real trouble. And I actually go as far as if he's, if he's not fit, they're not even making the playoffs. Now, assuming that he does stay fit, um, they've lost, obviously, an irreplaceable player in Durant and they've also got no clay um, but he will be coming back and he will be coming back around about maybe what just after all-star break or just just as we're getting into maybe the the running for the playoffs maybe the last month so although I see them only middling out in the conference I'd say probably hover around fifth seed um, I won't go into you know predictions too much because that's what we're going to do later on um, but yeah I'll probably say around fifth seed at the moment um, if everyone else stays healthy um, you know, D'Lo's a great pickup, but again, if they if they get some injury problems, then they're in real trouble. If they stay fit, then yeah, I think if by the time uh, Clay comes back to fitness, 
with maybe, say, about three, four weeks left of the regular season, well, I mean, you, you wouldn't even rule out then them, them, them making a bit of a charge after that. Because if they've got everyone now fit and you've got, you know, you've still got Clay then coming back into full fitness, feeling fresh. Steph obviously is a top three NBA player. D'Lo's a great little pickup and can add a lot. Um, Draymond is still a fantastic defender. You've still got four All-Stars there. So you wouldn't even be surprised where they could do anything between maybe fourth and eighth in the playoffs. But then by the time Clay's back, you, can, you, you wouldn't even rule out them making an NBA Finals appearance. You wouldn't even rule out them bloody winning it, would you, to be honest? I mean, that's how ridiculous it is. But they won't be favourites. That's great to see from considering the dominance they've had over the last years, although they didn't obviously win it last year. But, yeah, to answer the question, I say they will probably, assuming everyone stays fit, they'll probably be around 4th or 5th seed in the West next year. But I wouldn't be sitting here surprised if they end up going to bloody win the whole thing again. So um, we shall see. It's going to be a brilliant season. We're going to cover it in real detail, maybe even on my next pod which will probably be in a few weeks' time. Uh, we'll look to do something maybe um, end of August, maybe middle of September, and we'll do a proper um, podcast where we go into previewing the, the conference, both sides, uh, answer some of these great questions we'll have for each other, um, and we'll, st- we'll, we'll get stuck right into that um, between the three of us that we've got lined up to do that. So that's it for today, guys. That's um, episode two of Heating Up the UK little bit of NBA stuff at the end there, non-Miami Heat related, but that's what I want to do uh, with the mailbag section. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we shall try and get another one out. Well, whenever there's a bit more news, it's uh, it's going to be a regular thing, as I said, when the season starts. We'll look to do this weekly, uh, always around the sort of half an hour mark. We'll get some guests in when I can. Um, but it will be relatively quiet between now and the start of the season, just because there's not really that much to talk about. But where we can, we will. And we will definitely get that um, that preview pod out before the season starts. So thanks for listening, guys. That's episode two of Heating Up the UK in the Books. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>